stuff. Welcome to episode 52 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason. You found my show where I talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, I talk to Kitty Feldy, who's the creator and producer of the Book Club for Kids podcast. If you have a middle schooler in your life and they love to read, then this is a podcast that you should most definitely check out. In addition, we'll have 4 Plus 1, where we count down the top four songs in my car plus one I try to get my kids to listen to and guess who's back back again Dr. Eric solves an age-old mystery for us today hope everyone got a chance to check out the very first episode of good stuff sports it was a blast to put together big thanks to Greg Cohen who's an professional ultimate frisbee player and an amazing person to get to talk to about his career as an athlete i want to take a second to thank josh mb technical producer who put together all of the things that needed to be put together to launch the second podcast on the good stuff network thanks a lot josh mb Hope you're liking the show. You can find anything and everything that you need to know about the Good Stuff Kids podcast at www.goodstuffpod.com. That's www.goodstuffpod.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you at the end of the show. Coming in at number four this week is a classic from Raffi, Going on a Picnic. Going on a picnic. Leaving right away If it doesn't rain We'll stay all day Did you bring the sandwiches? Yes, I brought the sandwiches Did you bring the salad? Yes, I brought the salad Ready for a picnic? Here Coming in at number three Is Explorer of the World By Francis England This is nice And I don't want to be The one to miss out the one who's not looking at the world around, at the world around. I'm gonna make a map. That uh, that song would not be out of place on my Spotify playlist, even for adult music. That's a beautiful song. Thank you, Francis England, for that. The next one is a recommendation by Kitty Feldy, who's going to be on later. Number two, a classic. One, also recommended by Kitty Feldy, is Helpless from the Hamilton soundtrack. Cannot get enough of Hamilton. We were 
and plus one this week is from one of my all-time favorite bands, The New Pornographers. I got a pleasant surprise when they released a single from their upcoming brand new album. This song is called High Ticket Attractions. Was it a winner? No, it was not a winner. Seriously, how could that not be a winner? Anyway, you can find all of this music on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify. Support these artists. Paging uh, Dr. Eric, paging uh, Dr. Eric, you are needed at the Good Stuff chew. Kids podcast. Dr. Eric, question from listener Charlie. Charlie says, why does our nose have two holes? And there's follow-up. Is one for breathing and one for boogers? Or are they both for breathing and boogers? And why not just one big nostril? <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, this is a very thoughtful question, and I feel confident that Charlie has a bright future in science or medicine or something of the like if he is so interested. Uh huh. He is asking inquisitive questions with hypotheses. Uh huh. So great job, Charlie. <laughs> and it is fun to imagine a nose with one nostril or more than two nostrils. Well, a third, like a third nostril? Oh, geez. Yeah, that would be really incredible, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I'm still not sure why I have two. Charlie's sure. got me thinking. He does. And, you know, he's thinking of some of the different uses of the nose. Mm-hmm. Is it for breathing or boogers? Was that his two Yeah, it's breathing and, breathing and boogers were the two big ones. Sure. So, I mean, I think those are important uses of the nose. <laughs> there may be... Some other uses. Can you think of another common use of the nose that, that you use, Mike? Uh, well, let's see. If I were to have a fully functional nose, I would probably use it for smelling. Smelling. Uh-huh. Yes, this is an important use. And I, I would say the two most major uses of the nose would be breathing, uh-huh. which, of course, keeps us, keeps us alive, uh-huh. and smelling. Okay. Yeah, the booger is sort of a, a byproduct of breathing. Yeah, but like a, a really great byproduct? Uh, I guess it depends <laughs> on how you look at it. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I know some that would disagree with its greatness. Okay, fair enough, fair yes, enough. To yes, each their but, own. You know, to each yes, their and own. I think we have talked about boogers yeah. oh. on a previous podcast. Oh, we have. Perhaps you can reference that when the final version of this comes out. <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> But, uh, yes, the boogers are part of our breathing, and, you know, the boogers are, you know, intended to keep out things that we don't want to breathe, yeah, as, as, as has previously been discussed. Yes. But, you know, interestingly enough, we have a dominant and non-dominant nostril. Really? And each nostril will have different functions. Stop. Yes. So One. Uh-huh, uh-huh. One is more focused on breathing. Okay. The other more focused on smelling. What? But the nostrils will also alter 
their functions. They'll alternate. So one might be the breathing nostril one day or one hour, and then it will switch with the other. What? And they will also smell different things. So one might be used to smell something stronger, like, uh, I don't know, can you think of a, like a chemical, like if you smell... Like 409 or something? Yeah, like a cleaning solution, you know, something really strong might be smelled on one side, whereas the other might smell a softer, more gentle (laughs) scent. Oh, like like a... like a lovely flower. Like a flower. I smell like a flower, Dr. Eric. Did you know that? Always. I know you always do. <laughs> so we have this amazing, dynamic, ever-changing system that keeps us healthy, keeps us full of oxygen, keeps us smelling bad things or good things, because our bodies are just these incredible, intricate systems. Mm-hmm. And I think it's crazy that it alternates and there's no, there's no like, it's not like on a schedule, right? Like where, you know, oh, it's one o'clock, lefty. Okay, righty, it's time for you to do the smelling and I'll do the breathing. It's not on a schedule. It's, it's depending on our environment, depending on, you know, what's around us, what's going on with our noses. It, it might have to do with if one is stuffier and the other is not, if there's a booger situation going uh-huh, on. Uh-huh. And, and to address Charlie's question, th- they're both for breathing. Yes. And they're both for boogers. Yes, and, yes. Yes, and Charlie. And they're both for smelling. Yes. Oh, so, so we don't have one big giant nostril because we have all of these different things happening in our noses all the time. That's right. And we need two to get all of the jobs done. Wow. Fascinating. Well, Dr. Eric, thank you. I mean, look, this is a tough one. This was a tough one. It, it really, was. it really made me think a lot because there was, was. three because there was three things instead of one thing, like the boogers and the breathing and the smelling. That just is beyond my my comprehension. Um, it's pretty serious. Should we uh, should we give folks a little preview as to what our next topic is going to be? Yes, if you know what it is, I, I think I do. Okay, it's warts. Ooh, yuck, warts. <laughs> All right, Dr. Eric, thank you. And uh, just really quick while I have you, what are your thoughts on the new head coach of your Buffalo Bills? Not mine, your Buffalo Bills. I think he is another coach that is likely to be fired in one (laughs) one to three years like everyone else. Uh, History repeats itself. History repeats itself. We are caught in a vicious cycle. All right, Dr. Eric, thank you so much. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Happy to be here. Give my shout-out to Charlie. All right, we'll do. Good stuff. Here I am with Kitty Feldy live. She is in Washington, D.C. Here I am in the Bay Area. Kitty, welcome to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It is, it is uh, my pleasure and my honor. You, uh, you have a lot to offer here. Um, we should say that you. <laughs> we should pressure's say, on. Oh no. Yeah, pressure. Oh man, and the, with, this is a pressure cooker. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> the uh, you have a podcast called Book Club for Kids. Um, yes. And before we get to that, which is an amazing podcast, by the way, but before we get to Thank that, you. can you give me a little bit of of your background? Sure. Um, I thought I was going to be an actor. That's how I started out. I went to become a theater major and you just did commercials and small theater. And, you know, if you look fast in Woody Allen's radio days, you'll spot me there. Oh, wow. And then 
you know, I got to about in my 30s and the roles start drying up for actresses of a certain age. And I sort of fell into radio. And the way that happened was I'm a baseball freak. And the Dodger station in Los Angeles had a sports talk show where um, they decided, they figured out there were very few women listening to sports talk. And some wise guy said, oh, if we had a female voice on the air, women would flock to it. So they had this stupid contest. And... Um, asked people to send in, you know, an, an audition tape. And then the men complained, so they opened it up to the men as well. So 2,000 people applied, and I was one of the 10 finalists. And I came in for the callback and all that stuff, and I didn't win. But I thought, wow, if I knew what the hell I was doing, I bet I could actually get hired at this. <laughs> so um, I started volunteering at my local public radio station, and then I started doing feature work for them, and then I was a part-timer, and then eventually was hired and spent... I hate to say how many decades, three decades in public radio, wow. doing everything from, you know, trial coverage to covering, you know, war crimes trials to, you know, chasing fires to, you know, you name it. I, I did it. And wow. then I had a talk show for 10 years in the middle of all of that. Whoa. Okay. You're busy. You're a busy person. <laughs> That's great. And, and sort of at this time, or even before that, you developed an interest in kids' literature. So what was, how did you start your, your interest, and I would even say passion, for uh, kids' literature, kids literature? Well, I worked at the library for a long time. I think from the time I was 15 years old, I worked at my local library. And I, my favorite genre of literature was that group that was sort of designed, they call it middle grade. So the kinds of things that are written for kids in the middle school era, not as edgy as YA, um, and not and way beyond picture books and chapter books like uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. All those are fine, but they just weren't what I was looking at. And you know, I, I when I was on the talk show with KPCC, um, which is Southern California's public radio station, the big one. Um, we used to go to the LA Times Festival of Books and have a booth, and you would greet all your fans. This is when I was doing the talk show, and people would say, "Oh, I love your talk show," and you, "Oh, you, thank you very much." And they'd drag their kids with them, and the kid would go, "I listen to you too," and I go, "That is impossible. There's nothing on my show that would be of interest to you." And they go, "Yeah, tell me about it." But your show is on when my mom's driving carpool and I'm stuck in the back seat. So we had this conversation about well. Doesn't mean we couldn't have something on for you. What would you be interested in? And because we were at a book festival, they said books. And so once a month, we would kick all the adults out of the st out of the studio and just let kids come in, middle grade kids come in to talk about a book of the month. And because we had all these celebrities hawking movies and stuff coming through the station all the time, I would grab one of them to read a couple of pages from the book. So we had big name celebrity readers and we would get the author on the phone and he or she would listen in and then join the conversation. And the kids loved it. The parents went nuts. All the adults kept saying, yeah, but I want to be on the show too. And we kept, no, you're on the show all the time. We just want to hear from these kids. And what I discovered was they don't just talk about books. They talk about their lives. And I can recall being that age so clearly that if only an adult would treat me like I had two brains in my head, I would tell them anything. And I find that if I treat these kids with respect, I mean, they do have life experience and they do have opinions about their world and they're more than willing to share them with you. And so just like a grown-up conversation, we start with the book, you know, book clubs, I kind of describe the podcast, it's just like uh -huh. an adult book club without the alcohol. Because you start with the book and then the conversation just kind of goes off in interesting directions and we just sort of follow that route. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
that was the germination of this idea. We did it on radio. We did it on cable television. And then when I moved to Washington to open a bureau on Capitol Hill for the station, I just didn't have time and it went away. Mm-hmm. And so when the station closed all its political bureaus, um, I got to ask myself, of all the things I've done in my life, what do I really, really, really want to do? And I loved book club so much. And because the technology has changed, I started it as a podcast. Very cool. So, and the podcast is really well produced. You can tell that you have some chops in oh, that thanks. area. Thanks for saying <laughs> yeah, that. Well, I know how hard it is to do that. And oh, so when I hear when I'm like, time, doesn't it? yeah, it takes a lot of time. Um, so you have a different group of kids um, and, and they talk about a book. So I guess, how do you find the kids? Like, how do you, because I know you had some in LA and, and various places. How does that work? Well, I have, um, I, I'm always looking for new kids. I'm always looking for kids to participate. Um, I am currently based here in what we call the DMV, the D- District of Columbia, Virginia, Maryland area. So predominantly most of our kids come from this area. And they're people that I've met through personal contacts. Um, I've done presentations at the um, D.C. Public Library for middle school librarians. Um, I've met local bookstore owners, independent bookstore owners. I send out cold letters to people. We have a bookmark which has our contact information, so sometimes I'll hear back from people. And then what I try to do is when I travel, I try to to tape a book club wherever I'm traveling. And so we've taped them in Chicago and New Jersey and Los Angeles and Pasadena, you know, um, wherever I'm going. And it's just, you know, it's word of mouth. If you know, if you know somebody who has a middle school kid who um, would be willing to talk about books, you know, send me an email and we'll find a way to get the kid on the show. And if I can't get there, we're, we're getting to the point now where technology is getting to the point where um, you can tape it on your end. And we do bonus episodes, which are just very short, where the kid um, gives first name, city where they live, the book they love, and why they love it. And I edit all those together and uh, put together a bonus show. And kids can do that on a smartphone. Mm-hmm. Right, just like so the it's, voice it's, memo. It's, it's, it's what I use is the voice memos, and <laughs> mm-hmm. I cobble them together, and it's wonderful sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So technology yeah. is our friend these days. It Don't is. you think so? I definitely. Well, the fact that I'm talking to you now, you're in D.C., I'm here in the Bay Area, is it, a phenomenal thing, and it was Pretty painless to put this together. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned so the, the age range for the the book club for kids is middle school. Um, That's our ideal age. I, I have found that kids fifth to ninth are my target group. Younger than fifth, mostly kids can only talk about plot. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want the conversation to go a little bit farther than that. And after ninth grade, quite frankly, there's other things going on in their lives and they don't care. So that's that's my sweet spot for full length episodes is fifth to ninth. But I know kids reading levels are all over the board and we have a lot more listeners who are younger who listen to the podcast Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, So how do you how do you choose the books? Well, in the old days, I used to take a sack of books with me on vacation and sit there and read them all. But um, these days, I'm out of the book picking business. It's up to the kids and or their teacher or librarian or parent, whoever is coordinating, to come up with a book. And I let them pick. It has to be a novel. And they clear it with me ahead of time um, to make sure it's not an author we're already talking to or a book we've already done or have one in the pipeline. And that's all, you know, so they get to pick the book. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, it's really a, a, a you've created like a communal kind of 
way for everyone to participate. You know, if parents can put a group together or teachers, I think that's a really nice aspect to this as well. Um, you also have celebrity readers. So, oh, yes. so give me your definition of celebrity, celebrity <laughs> readers and, and how, how you find these folks. Well, I think it's a very broad term, <laughs> celebrity, you know. So, for example, I was at a theater conference in Denver last year, and there was an actor in a play that I saw who I had never heard of before, but he was so good. You know, I begged him after the show whether he would be a celebrity reader, and he was terrific. Thaddeus mm -hmm. was just terrific, you mm -hmm. know. And then last, the show that we put up today – um, has Valerie Plame, you know, the CIA, the former CIA operative on it. <laughs> so it, it ranges. And because I used to work on Capitol Hill, um, I've been tapping a lot of my, um, co my compadres, you know, the members of Congress who are on Capitol Hill. Yeah. But we've had the Secretary of Education. Um, a, an alumni from my university is an FBI agent here in Washington in charge of saving us all from, you know, the effects of weapons of mass destruction. He was one of our celebrity readers. Ooh, yeah. So it's, you know, we've had a lot of NPR personalities. We've had Renee Montaigne and Mandalay Del Barco and Rachel Martin and Peter Sagal. So it just depends. You know, I cast my net and see who will say, oh, of course. Oh, that's so great. What would be some recommendations um, of books that parents could get for kids? Well, I'll give you the ones the kids come up with the most often because okay. there's some, you know, titles that come up all the time. Um, the boys love anything by Rick Reardon. Okay. The Percy Jackson series are their particular favorites. We haven't done one on the show, but when I ask for favorite books, that one comes up a lot. Sharon Draper is another wonderful writer, um, and her book, um, Out of My Mind, comes up quite often as well. It's a beautiful book. My own personal favorite, I'll throw that in there. We yeah. did this on a book club years ago, but I think the writing is so unique. Um, it's by an author named David Almond, like the nut, and the book is called Skellig. Okay. And it's a beautiful book about a kid whose um, parents are um, moving into a new house. His mother is pregnant. The baby comes early. So he's got a lot of not supervision going on. And the only thing they tell him is to stay out of the garage because it's falling down, which is, of course, where he goes. But he finds this creature that you can't figure out is... Is it an owl? Is it a skeleton? Is it an angel? Is it a bird? And he figures he can keep his, you know, soon-to-be-born sister alive if he can keep this creature alive. And the only thing the creature wants to eat is take out Chinese food and beer. So it's, you know, it's quirky. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. It's mythical. Uh -huh. And the language is lovely. Yeah. That's, uh, thanks for those recommendations. Oh, you have, you have more? Yeah, well, I was going to say, we have so many on our website. If you go to the website, which is bookclubforkids.org, and go to Books We Love, because we always end the show by asking, what's your favorite book? And I keep a record of all of those. They're not mm -hmm. in any order at all, so you just have to kind of lift, look through, and things will be repeated. But it's a great place to look for inspiration, because these are books that the kids wanted to read. You know, These mm -hmm. are their favorite books. So if you want a book that is going to be a winner with your kid – you know, go to the experts. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, they know things. They certainly know they things. do know things. So outside of the website, how can we find and follow you and keep up? We're on Twitter, Book Club for Kids. We are on Facebook, 
Book Club for Kids. Um, we are on Pinterest, Book Club for Kids, and we're on um, Instagram as well, Book Club for Kids. So it's okay. pretty easy to remember. And you squish it all together, F-O-R Kids. Mm-hmm. Book Club F-O-R Kids is the way Great. to find us. Great. So I'm going to put you on the spot one last time. Um, in, our, in our first, e- in our email interaction, you said, as long as I don't ask you what songs are playing in your Toyota. Um, but if you had one <laughs> song that you would want to put on, on the playlist, the four plus one playlist, what would it be? Just one Oh my song. God, it's got to be something from Hamilton because I'm going crazy with Hamilton. Although, no, wait, because that would be obvious. <laughs> no. I'll give you something real old school. How about two? You can um, give me a Hamilton as well. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Well, look, I'll give you my other one first, which would be, it has to be a Beach Boys song because I'm really homesick for home. Uh-huh. And um, uh, Wouldn't It Be Nice was the song that when my husband and I were first dating, the song was ancient when we were dating, but we're not that old, but his brother sang that to us because we couldn't say goodnight at our door. So that's sort of our song. Oh, so that would be so, one. And so we're coming sweet. up to an anniversary this year. Oh, so that, I mean, this week. So that would be that one. Happy anniversary. Thank yeah. Thank you. And um, I don't know. I mean, I love the whole, I play Hamilton over and over and over and over and over again. So um I, I would say helpless comes to first comes to mind. Yeah, I think that is a great song in a in a show, in a musical, or on the radio, or however, is really, really great. Good choice. Get up and dancing, you know. Yeah, a little bit. Well, Kitty, thank you so much for your time. I know you gotta run to a class. This has been uh, it's been awesome talking to you and getting to know you. Thank you. Thank you for asking, Michael. Take care. All right. Thanks so much to Kitty Feldy. I hope you enjoyed that reading. You know, it's a little bit of a lost art. So go grab a book and read it. And then tell us about it. Send us a note. Goodstuffpod at gmail.com. Have you heard that one before? Goodstuffpod at gmail.com. If you have a question for Dr. Eric, I mean, he's ready. We do have the next one lined up, but he's ready for more. Whatever it is. Big shout out to Charlie with a great question about nostrils. I like knowing that about nostrils. I like knowing that each nostril has a different function and that they switch. Very complicated stuff. The human body, truly an amazing thing. Thanks again to all of you for listening. If you want to share it with a friend, by all means, you don't have to ask my permission. Go right ahead. We will talk to you very soon. Have a great week. Stuff.